You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagisk's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Hello, and you are all very welcome to this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar. We're going to be joined by Donal Ronan, a dairy farmer from County Mayo, who is in the Revo Chagas Joint Programme. And we'll get an update from Donald on how the spring has went um, and an overview in general of, of his farming system. Based around Claremorris, Donald? Yeah, based in uh, between Claremorris and Ballandine, South Mayo, yeah. So come here, Donald, a little bit. Maybe give us a wee bit of a background about yourself, your farming system, before we maybe get into um, some of the cow performance, grass performance data. Uh, so firstly, just thanks for having me on. And um uh, I'm actually living just over the border in County Galway. Grew up on a suckler beef and sheep farm and decided to follow a career in ag. So I did ag science in UCD. Um, it was around the same time the abolition of quotas, so I thought dairy was kind of the way to go. So I uh, got a kind of a feel for milking from um, milking for a, a neighbour of mine and kind of got to like it. So I decided to progress and maybe try and follow a career in um, in dairy and um, started out in a farm in Roscommon, a new entrant farm and did the conversion period there. I spent two years with a grass-based farmer in Chum uh, on his second unit and got a good, uh, very good experience there. Then uh, myself and my uncle, who was um, a suckler farmer as well, decided to go into a bit of a collaborative arrangement and start milking cows here on his home farm. So basically we set up a company, we're both shareholders and directors, and I run the, the day-to-day running of the farm, and he's like a silent partner. He has the a beef enterprise separately to, to the dairy enterprise that he farms on his own and he also is a, is a contractor. So that's that's the business side of it. We're milking uh, 194 cows this year. Uh, they're in, we're in a third year of milk production. Uh, we're stocked quite heavily, stocked at 3.7 on the milking platform, 2.7 overall. That's on adjusted hectares. 53 hectares of a milking block, uh, 24 hectares of silage and 13 hectares of, um, of a heifer iron block. So overall, we're quite heavily stocked. And spring calving system, crossbred herds. Um, last year, we did over 500 kilos of solids on a ton of meal. And we aim to be, we're aiming for that 535, 40 kilos of solids from uh, a similar, maybe 550 kilo cow, that type of type of a system. And just to come back, when did you actually start, Donald? Like, I think last year was only your second year in production. Yeah. 2020, we calved down 205 heifers. We milked 205 heifers in 2020. We milked 200 uh, last year, so that was nearly all second calvers. And this year, we um, were in our third year of production this year, yeah. Very good. So you had your, you had your third spring of um, you had your third spring of calving cows, I suppose. How did it go before we get on to the difficulties around grazing? Um, um, calving go pretty well. Yeah, it was a tale of two halves, I think, kind of. Um, right. Uh, up until about the 10th of March, everything was, it was too good to be true. Like, the weather was unbelievable. Cows were calving on the 10th, you know, no assist calves were up and healthy, vigorous. We had absolutely no issues. We we lost, I don't know what to mean, it was maybe, I think it was two calves the whole spring. Everything was, was going rosy. But um, around the 10th of March, obviously, the weather turned, got grazing, got quite messy. Cows were under a bit more pressure milking out of the sheds. So we did small bit of mastitis and cell count slightly crept up and all the issues that go with it. And um, we actually lost three cows throughout the spring, which was very disappointing. We had a case of tetany a few days ago, which we our first case since we started milking. And we had two freak things 
towards the end of cabin where we had a, a heifer that bled internally and a, a cow with a cow, a cow calf back with that actually damaged herself in the calving process and we, we couldn't we couldn't cure the infection so ups and downs but overall happy enough the, the, the grazing was quite difficult kind of from especially the last from the 10th of March so yeah finished up calving at this stage Donald are you or what way yeah we calved heavy enough we got through about 80, 82 or 3 percent in the first four weeks and we were pretty much finished by the, the 10th of April. We started around the 11th or 12th of February and we had all of our two cows calved on the 10th of April and those two calves this week. So we're finished. And come here, did you do anything differently this spring, I suppose? And um, maybe we'll touch on labour and, and the labour available on farm in a moment. But was there anything you did differently, I suppose, that listeners could maybe um, consider for their own farms? Uh, well, from a calf rear point of view, we installed um, an automatic calf feeder. We, we ended up rearing 180 calves last year, and um, the labour unit I had lined up for spring actually got hurt the week before he was due to start. So we were a bit uh, stretched for labour. So we ended up having a fairly labour-intensive spring last year rearing calves. So we decided to fit it, uh, an automatic feeder, and in fairness, very, very happy with it. Um, found it really streamlined the calf rearing process and uh, just took the pressure off basically morning and evening around that milking time just you know you could you could do your calves during the day at any stage you weren't exactly tied to doing it morning and evening so in fairness uh, very happy with it so far anyway okay very good you mentioned there you're, you reared the vast majority of your calves just maybe explain the situation there and what's happening around um, calf sales yeah so uh, my uncle, as I mentioned, he's he's a beef farm, um, which he farmed separately. So he decided to, when he got out of the suckling to um, run a calf to beef system. So last year he kept 80 uh, male calves and this year the same. So it might provide uh, 80 calves go to him, be it Frisian bulls or, or Angus or Hereford males or females. So he has 80 calves for himself and then we keep 50 heifer calves. And the remainder are sold off farm. So okay. that's the situation there. Very good. Um, in terms of the grazing, you mentioned this um, happy days until about the 10th of March. How did you get on after that period or how did you manage it? So we were going ahead of target by the 10th of March. Um, obviously, grazing conditions were so good. We were full time grazing from the get go. Uh, we had nearly 50% grazed by, I think, 6th or 7th of March. We were going ahead of target, but I kind of knew there was more than likely going to be a, a spell of weather where we'd struggle to get out so um at that point the weather did change and we were kind of forced to, to stop grazing for periods rather than choosing to stop grazing so um basically it was on off grazing cow was in by night for an odd night out for three hours morning and evening Sundays. there was a couple of days we didn't get out at all and basically we just tried our best to get cow grass into them at least once a day if we could and Anytime we saw a break in weather to go at it a bit harder again, we did. And uh, right. we finished up the first round on the 10th of April and going well since. Uh, we're very tight at the minute. Um, I thought last week, growth lifted last week, I thought we were away. But uh, like um, you were saying, growth rates have dipped again. We're back down to the 40s again. And um, we're, we're very, very tight. We're really just banking on that. Uh, this bit of heat driving growth on next week. Oh, where are you at? I'm sure there's lots of listeners in in the very same boat at the moment. What what are you doing? I suppose what's where's farm cover at? And yeah, we 
I walked yesterday, uh, Farron Cover is 530, which is 140 per cow. We're um, burnt off paddock at the start of the week uh, for receding. So that pushed us up to 3.8. And demand, basically I've gone in with six kilos a meal, which is setting our demand at 52. Uh, growth rate was 47. And I'm just hoping that we can hold on to that kind of 500 cover for a few more days. And with the bit, hopefully with growth rates lift next week, we should, we should be away. We might have to leave in. I know we'll have to feed that couple of extra kilos I mean for an extra few days, but so be it. We'll do everything we can to keep silage out, but um, we'll walk again on Monday. And if that cover has, hasn't, hasn't, um, well, if it has dipped below 500 or growth rate hasn't significantly increased, we probably would have to go in with silage. Yep, yep, yep. So you're walking nearly more regularly now at the moment in terms of just keeping an eye on that and trying to... Uh, pre-grazing yields, are you still all right? Are you still in 13, 1400s? How are they holding? Um, 1400 the last few days, uh, 13, 1400 until Tuesday. And at that point, if there hasn't been a lift in growth, that's pre-grazing will be back to about 1,100. So depending now on, on how the next week goes. Yep, yep, very good. Come here, I seen you were actually on uh, a webinar recently. Um, you're getting good at these. Um, you want to be careful. Um, you were on a webinar recently about, about silage quality. And I suppose that's something you're stopped fairly heavily on the platform, obviously. Um, talk us through a little bit about that and, and the process around making quality silage. Um, so 2019 was the conversion year. We receded for Milton platform and... When we did so, we did it early and uh, all the heifers, we had all the bull and heifers uh, on the farm. We decided to bring them all back to the milking platform to graze the milking platform, which meant our dedicated silage ground was freed up. So we decided to receive that as well. So it's all receded in 2019. And basically, yeah, this, the stocking rate means we're, we're, bit, we're doing a bit of feeding in the shoulders. Uh, we're quite a heavy farm here as well. So, you know, grazing after the... The first week of November doesn't really happen. The first of November or even the fifth of November is about as far as we get. So there's six weeks there where we milk over the shed. So it's good to have a good bank of high quality silage for that. Again, in spring, uh, we don't, we haven't actually fed a crazy amount of silage now any spring, but it's good to have a kind of a bale of cow equivalent or maybe two bales of cow equivalent for the spring. Just like the last you know, month of March there, we did feed quite a bit of silage when ground conditions went through the rain and that. So basically, Three cut system. Um, we I walked on Monday. I was just walking the headlands for for branches and stalls or whatever. And there's actually more on it than I was taught. Even though the growth has been poor, it's heading for three tons. So um, I'd expect by the fifteenth of May we should be cutting. We should be if, if weather if weather allows us. We cut it around the fifteenth of May. Okay. And come here, quality silage. What what's that? You're looking at seventy five DMD plus, is it? Yeah, so the three cuts the last two years I've tested in around 74 up to 77. The first cut, it doesn't test, it usually tests around 76, 77. Now it feeds out a lot better than the other two cuts. So, uh, yeah, but generally all three cuts are milking quality and milk quality silage. Like if we get the weather at, at the cutting time, it'll be milking quality silage, yeah. As always, folks, jump in, uh, post any questions you might have for Donald. Just on that, in terms of there's a little bit of commentary around, uh, look, at silage stocks are tight, we're going to bulk, um, we're going to go for a bulkier force cut crop. But, you know, what's your what's your thoughts on that? You're not going to push it out till the end of May and maybe lift a little bit more in terms of tonnage? No. Um, no, I think when you do that like you're definitely going to lose at the other end in the second and third cut like our third cut is in by the middle of August 
and it's generally you, you get a spell of good weather at some stage and you get three good quality cuts whereas if you push out the first cut to say the end of May you're probably going into September for the third cut and often September sideage is poor dry cow feed it's, it's done like so um, because we've no issue with silage quantity um, like the stock rate is very high overall and we still have surplus signage every year this year Again, we had an upper signage in reserve, I'd say, for about a two months, two months winter as we are left over. So we don't have any issue. We're getting 17, 18 ton of grass dry measure off, off the signage ground with three puts. So, um, no, um, I don't see it as an issue here anyway. Very good. Come here, you're probably not a million miles off, of of breeding. I think you said you wait the heifers there recently. Um, Talk yeah. us through in terms of what do you go and do, and are you doing anything differently, or what's what's your process around breeding and genetics? Um, small change this year again. We fixed time the heifers last year and used sex semen. Now it was a our own managerial mistake. I think we we had a very poor conception. We had forty two percent headed to first serve. Uh, we used two sexed bulls on across the forty heifers and. Um, as it happens, both bulls are very poor um, conceptions to the sex semen. So I didn't realize at the time there were some bulls that had higher and lower conception rates with heifers and cows on sex semen. So this year, uh, just to try and increase the um, conception rate on the heifers, we're going fixed time again, but we're using conventional. We've got 80% of our serve the two years previous with conventional. So just to try and get more heifers calved down in February, basically, we're going to bowl with conventional. We have an outlet for the Frisian bull calves off them, as in Liam is happy, very happy with the Frisian bull calves. So uh, we're lucky in that sense. So um, we've always conventional to fix time on those. Uh, the cows, we're using a good bit of sex semen on the cows. Um, gone on well with it last year, 57% held to the sex semen for sir. So we've 60 straws for the hef- for the cows. Um, I have gone through the milk garden and the eyes of the cows, so we were going so very selective on, on what gets dairy and beef. And um, we have 60 sex semen straws for the cows and uh, 30 conventional Frisian straws for the cows and the rest are going to beef. So we're starting next Monday. We're doing seven days of um, a longer gestation beef bull uh, starting on the 1st of May. And then on the 8th of May, we're going to start uh, with our dairy semen on the cows. So basically my thinking is uh, we're getting a week of breeding done before our kind of planned start date. Those cows will calf uh, around the same time as the the dairies uh, inseminated cows. So we'll, just, we'll still kick off at the same time with calving, but we'll have some higher value calves at the start, beef calves, uh, to sell. And uh, it also means those cows that served next week, the repeats of those will be back in, will be back in, in week two of the breeding season. And we'll use a shorter gestation beef animal on them at that stage. So we're basically trying to front load the cabin as much as possible. And Khmer, have you done that in the past? Or is that something a little bit new this year? That's new this year. Last year we did a white weight program. So cows uh, due to be served in week three got a shot of um, estrogen on day 10. And uh, they were all served by day 14 or 15. So basically it meant um, three weeks of calving was done in two weeks. And the repeats that were due in week six, say repeated in week five, and we used a shorter gestation and Angus bull on those. So basically we got six weeks calving done in about 30, 34 days or something like that. So it meant we actually sold quite a bit more milk this year in February and March. And I think a lot of it was to do with front loading that first four weeks of calving. Good few farmers, when you speak to them now, look, at they're, they're, they're wanting to improve the quality of their calves um, using better beef merit bulls. 
Um, Seamus Nolan, dairy advisor, was on last week. He said he hadn't heard of any real issues at farm level in terms of calving difficulty. You're probably using decent bulls in terms of beef merit. Um, your own uncle's taking them and reared them. Any issues around calving cows? Um, no, um, no. The type of cow we have, the Jersey, the Jersey crossing them. Like in fairness, you'd be amazed at how they can put calves out with no issue whatsoever. And um, we're picking off the DBI, so we look at the the DBI value, but we kind of dig into the the carcass confirmation and carcass weight a bit. John McCain will be help on that now to us on the, in the focus farm group. So um, I just know this year's group of bulls, like we're pushing the carcass weight up to maybe, you know, 16, 18 kilos of carcass weight, yes. uh, slightly higher on the confirmation and calving difficulty for the cows. Like uh, I know the hardest calving bull is around 3.7 and we used him last year and we didn't assist any calf at all. So I'm not sure there. Yeah. No. And the limousine, we're using a limousine bull next week. He's a calf in a 3.6 and just talking farmers that have used him. No issue calving him and, and good, good strong calves. He's a carcass weight of, I think, 26, 28 kilos. But, you know, there should be good thick calves off him, yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, come here, you mentioned the heifers weighing them. What weight are the, you're happy? Yeah, bull and heifers happy. We had a difficult spring with the heifers. Got them out in February for three or four weeks. Uh, the weather turned and... We didn't, the, the heifer ground will be very, very uh, mixed ground, be a lot of really heavy. So we rehoused them the 10th of March, got them back out the last days of March. So they were in for nearly three weeks. And um, yeah, I was happy enough. 325 kilos on average on one day. Uh, they're going to be bred on the 9th of May. So they have another, they had another two weeks set. So um, the average, you'll be happy with just individually, then it'll be more important. There's two heifers, 280 kilos, but they'd be very jersey so they'd be actually well on target at that so yeah in fairness every heifer every heifer is on target in the main group heifers so where we don't have to do anything with any of them so very happy with those the calves um 77 kilos is the average weight of them so the average sounds good but in that there's a couple of outliers there's a handful of them down around 60 kilos so we'll give them an extra an extra week on milk before we wean them and we're starting to wean those next week and we'd have we'd have all those weaned within three weeks Okay, that's, so we uh, made a preferential treatment for those lighter calves now, just to yeah, to catch exactly. them up as best you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And come here, cow performance. Where is it at? Five hundred odd kilos of solids last year. Um, majority second, obviously second lactation animals. That's phenomenal going. Where where are we at this year? You're heading into your third season. What are they doing? Um, cows are making well now. With the, this five kilos a meal in at the minute, and he'll be six over the weekend, but. No, they're, they're doing 28 litres at about, uh, well, 3.7. The last test we got was 3.70 protein. Uh, the fat is 4.60. Now, the fat has is, um, is fallen the last two weeks. It was up around 4.9. So we'd expect to see that creeping back even more probably and uh, hopefully the protein to, to keep on creeping up. So they're doing consistently doing just over 2.3 kilos of solids now since the end of March. So happy enough, yeah. Happy enough for where they're at the minute. Uh, sound came a bit weird last year putting it down to kind of that that in and out of the shed that was going on there for the month of March and even the first two weeks of April I think that bit of stress and in and out of cubicles and that was, was, wasn't was helping them we had a wee chat about that yesterday and you were talking about high sales can't be in what 120,000 100 yeah 120, 130 yeah we were, seven, we were down in the 60s and 70s this time last year so we're back under 100 now we're down to 91 so hopefully that'll settle down again you have milk recorded anyway have you identified any um 
Yeah, we three or four high cell count cows. Um, two of them actually were clinical mastitis cases that we picked around the same time. And um, we had another three or four cases of mastitis since, which would be very high. You know, we, we wouldn't have had five or six cases last year and the whole year. But uh, just putting it down to that kind of period where cows were, were in and out of the sheds and, you know, they had no, they weren't that settled. You know, they weren't in the routine of, you know, being out grazing. They were being held in at times on off grazing and that. So. We just put it down to that. I think it's it seems to have settled down so I'm happy enough. Did you use selective last back end or where where's where yeah. you at with that? We did, yeah. We used selective last winter. Thirty about thirty five percent of the cows got uh, dry cow tubes and the rest were cedar only. Um very happy to be honest, no issues. We had no no mastitis in the dry cow period and nothing capped down with mastitis and the couple of cases of mastitis we've had throughout the spring. Majority of them did get dry cow tunes at drying off, got antibiotics like so. The, I, I, I it, yeah, it, it, it's not that it's cows that uh, that were no. picked for selective that have actually gave the issues no. this spring. Right. No, and even the first week recording, like nothing really stood out. Like you know, there's no, you, there's no, um, you couldn't see like a pattern of of cows that got cedar only had increased cell counts or something like that. I, I didn't see any pattern in on here. Very good. Come here, just a comment on. Obviously, you went in and you have a lot of receding done in that conversion in that conversion period. Um, what what's your plan? Are you still doing bits of receding? Is is clover on your yeah. on your thought process, or or where are you at with that? So we did no receding since the initial year, but this year we're starting into a receding program. So we've got to paddock off on Monday, and as soon as we get a bit of a surplus ahead of us, I have another paddock that I fear max receding. Yeah, we're going. Doing, we're going to start incorporating clover into our reseeds. So basically, plan is maybe you know ten percent receding, ten to fifteen percent per year, and to mine that and try and get clover established on that and mine it. Uh, we're going to oversold one paddock this year as a trial. Was hoping to do it uh, about two weeks ago, but I didn't have the clover seed in time, so we have it now. And the plan is to to do one paddock uh, in the next week or ten days. And uh, we'll see how that goes. If it's a success, we may try a small bit of oversowing on top of the reseeding each year. And we'll be using oversowing as a method of kind of topping up paddocks with clover content that might just need an extra kick, you know, in, in spring. So, yeah, definitely we're going to we're going to chase it and see how we get on on it. Yeah, very good. Uh, the final point I said it earlier. Touch on it. Labor. Um, you're busy. You've a lot going on. You've 180 cows and, and followers, and you're rearing them. Yeah. Uh, We've got facilities, uh, in fairness, we invested right. heavily enough in, in facilities and that's both in the paddock and the heifer air block, the silage ground, everything is set up to be user friendly as such like. So for the most part, it's a one man operation. In spring, um, I was lucky enough to get a, a local lad and um, Michael locally in with us for about, I'd say six weeks. Uh, he was excellent. He came in one day Friday full time. And uh, we had a night calver for the four busiest weeks of calving, which meant there was no one here. We weren't working stupid hours or anything like that. He came in at three o'clock in the morning and uh, he tipped away in at five or six. If there was nothing happening, he was gone at four or five o'clock. And um meant when I came in at, at six or half five that uh, we were just straight into our routine. And uh, that made the spring very, very straightforward. Uh, Michael finished up the end of March and we have a student here from Palace Skinnery, uh, another 
local lad and um he's with me at the minute so he's uh he's a good help to us at the minute he'll be finishing up on the 12th of may and from then on it'll be uh one man plus relief at the weekend so we have relief milker for uh saturdays and sundays that's where we're at sure if mayo get a run in the in the in, in the back door hi you'll have to maybe possibly take another few milkings off yeah i think so yeah um, come here Donald I'm not going to hold you any longer I think it's uh, I, I want to thank you for coming on what you've done I suppose you're only into your third year um, over 500 kilos of solids last year I know from talking to you in terms of your grassland management is exceptional and, and the whole system is based very much around, around grass I think there's plenty there for viewers in terms of bits and pieces you're no different than a lot of people maybe chasing your tail a little bit looking for grass at the moment but as you say it's it's a bit monitoring that and if you need to go in with additional feed you will so look at thanks again thanks a million for coming on safe farming folks and we'll, we'll see you next week that's all for this week's bonus episode from the let's talk dairy webinar series and don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week i'll be back with the usual dairy edge podcast on monday so do listen in then i'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening